It's a special Locked On crossover edition with my man Joey Ikes from Locked On Aggies. My name is John Williams, host of Locked On Sooners. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams, and the show is on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. Joey, we've known each other for years following the Dallas Cowboys, finally getting to interact on another sport, other topics, other than the Cowboys. Man, I'm excited to have you on the network, excited to have you and, and really talking football and baseball with you as we get set for the College World Series. Yeah, absolutely, John. It's uh, it's exciting to uh, venture into a different area and cover the Aggies and cover college sports. And uh, it's exciting to uh, be a part of a network like Locked On for sure. Yeah, so Joey just recently came onto the network here in the last month. He also is the site editor for the Aggies Wire as part of USA Today as well. So you got an Aggies friend. Make sure you let them know that Aggies Wire is the place to get their coverage. Locked on Aggies is the place to get their podcast. So, Joey, we're going to talk baseball, but first we got to talk about all this SEC scheduling stuff that's been in the news over the last really month, it seems like. I mean, it's been in the news for the last year. We've talked pods. We've talked other scheduling systems. When you look at the future SEC, Texas and Oklahoma presumably coming on 2024, 2025, I think a little bit earlier than that in 2023, What's a model that you favor as you look at potential scheduling for the future? I think the one that makes, to answer the opposite of your question, the one that makes the least sense is the one seven model. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just feel like you lose, and I've talked about this on my show last week, actually. I just think you lose too many of like these big heritage rivalries. There's just too many of them in the SEC, especially when you bring, Texas and Oklahoma, which brings one of those legacy rivalries with them. And then, you know, then you have the, the A&M and Texas uh, situation <laughs> might be the best way to, to call, classify it. But you have the, the history there with A&M and Texas. And then you just look at each one of these SEC schools, and most of them have been in the same conference for so long that if you just have one consistent team that you play every year, you lose these huge rivalries that have built up. And so that one's the one that doesn't work to me. Um, I think probably the one that I prefer the most is this three, six idea of playing nine games in conference. Um, You know, Jimbo Fisher, you know, Texas A&M head coaches talked about how teams in the sec and teams in the big conferences playing these FCS level games is important for college football as a whole because of what it does for those small schools, the exposure, the money primarily, and all that kind of stuff helps them make their budget for the full year across the athletic department. So that's important. But the other side of that coin is, you know, what drives everything is money for the SEC, right? And that extra game in the SEC, um, the opportunity to have um, A&M play Texas and Oklahoma and Arkansas or LSU or Alabama every single year um, and have these two schools that I agree with you, especially now that the big 12 has added these other schools coming out of the, uh, the American athletic conference and some other places uh, it's happening way before 2025 that those schools that OU and, T- and Texas are coming to the sec. So yeah, I, I prefer the three, six. I think it just gives you the best balance of the opportunity to play a lot of rivalries while also getting a mixture of the rest of the schools as well. And I think you'd see, um, you'd see a really good mix of the schedules happen that way. What about you? Yeah, I agree with you. I think the one seven is a non-starter just for the sheer fact that you would lose a lot of the, the really important rivalry games, including A&M in Texas. But I mean, you're in the group chat. You saw the efforts and the lengths I went into to try and create this, the three by six model. 
and all the different matchups that I was even, I was either missing or being forced to leave out because of the, just the, the sheer number of rivalries that are in the sec and the history that those teams have with one another, man, it was tough. It was incredibly tough. I went through like three or four different iterations of it before finally publishing one. And then still I had people complaining about it, which is just inevitable. Nobody's going to be thrilled with whatever uh, three permanent rivals that they end up with. But I think that's kind of where they're going to end up. I think a lot of it is just negotiating which of those three rivals it's going to be because yeah, I mean, you, you have the the Auburn situation where they they've got a long history with Georgia. You've got you know Alabama with Mississippi, Alabama with LSU, and and even Texas A and M and LSU being so close yeah. in proximity. I think that's one that kind of makes sense. But then you have A and M in Arkansas from the Southwest Conference, Oklahoma in Missouri for, with their long history. They've played nearly a hundred times, and so there's a lot of really intriguing, interesting matchups that can happen and could happen. And we're going to get to see on a regular basis, even if it's not every year. But yeah, the three by six seems to be where it's going to land. I don't think the four by five is going to necessarily be where the SEC ends up just because it's not as clean and not as yeah. easy to, to figure out on a rotating basis. Uh, but I'm with you. The one by seven doesn't make sense. Just because I want to see Oklahoma. Obviously, we're going to get Oklahoma and Texas every year. But you got to have a and Texas every year as well. Right. And I want to see Oklahoma and Arkansas every yeah. single year. I think that would be a lot of fun too, because I mean, Fayetteville is about an hour and a half from where I'm at right now. And Norman's like two and a half hours from where I'm at. So like that is prime Eastern right. Oklahoma, Oklahoma Sooners fans are going to be making that trip. It's going to be really easy for them to make that road trip. So that's one that needs to happen every single year too. So it, it just makes a lot of sense. And I, I, I kind of, when, when Jimbo kind of shared his rationale for, for why the FCS games are so important, it made more sense to me. You know, a lot of those coaches coming up through the FCS yeah, was absolutely. one part that, that I thought, okay, as somebody who has coached at, at times in my, my long sports career, um, not really long, but like just my, the weaving in and out of, yeah. of sports, um, I get that. I get like you sometimes have to climb some really interesting ladders to get to where you're at and you kind of have a, a, a heart tug and a connection emotionally right. to that journey. And those FCS schools are part of that. And so I kind of get where he's coming from on that. I think it could be interesting and who knows if this is even something that they will even discuss, but having the FCS games, but then not necessarily using that game to count against eligibility, if that makes sense, like oh. making it almost like a preseason game where you can play everybody, but not make it count against eligibility. Allow your, a lot of your young guys that maybe you're planning on redshirting that year, get in that game, but still have a game where they can play a more meaningful game later in the season. But hmm. who knows? Um, so when you look at Texas A&M, who are the kind of the three teams that you'd hope will end up as the permanent rivals for the Aggies? Yeah, it's like what you talked about a minute ago is there's – especially, you know, A&M having been in the SEC now for about 10 years, there's been some new rivalries that have sort of developed over time. You know, the the Texas rivalry and the Oklahoma rivalry and the Arkansas rivalry, the, the history on those is like, it's so long and so relevant. And that's, I think that's the the pod that, or, you know, the, the group that quote, they ultimately quote. wind up in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, is, is those three. Um, but like you think about, 
ever since A&M's been in the SEC, they've played LSU right around Thanksgiving, right in that rivalry week. That's And some of the games they've played have just been nuts, like seven, eight overtimes, like mm-hmm. crazy, crazy games. And then, you know, er- everybody understands the uh, whether it's a, a rivalry on the field yet or not. I don't know, but the uh, the the intensity of the situation between A&M and Alabama right now. Um, and so – and even you – know, like I said, there's just so many of those games that have become really important and games that we look to every year as measuring stick type games that um, that it would be really hard to give up the opportunity to play those every year. Um, but I think ultimately it's it's Texas, it's Oklahoma, and it's Arkansas are the ones that, that A&M needs to be, be paired with just from not only a regional standpoint – but but the history and all that kind of stuff and the richness that comes from that too. Yeah, and those would be incredible matchups every single year exactly. and a lot of fun to have. And like you talked about, the intensity of the fan bases would would bring that to a whole another level. I mean, the history is there. The regional um, access is there. The, the travel is there. And that's kind of where I landed as well is A&M, Texas, and Arkansas. I had – I mean, I hated – you know, coming away from Missouri because of the history that Oklahoma and Missouri have back from the big eight. And I think that's still potentially where they could end up landing as far as one of their, you know, three permanent rivals, but man, the sec is going to be so much fun here. Whenever Oklahoma and Texas do end up, it's like, there's going to be marquee matchups every single game or every single week. And that's really what Greg Sankey has been going for is like, yeah, we do have some teams that maybe are, are not great football teams in in a Vanderbilt. Um, in a sometimes South Carolina is not great. They're getting better, but you're going to have pretty much every single weekend. You're going to have a game that could be considered a college game day style right. atmosphere, uh, just with the different potential matchups. I mean, it's kind of a dream schedule that the SEC is going to be able to unfold uh, when it comes comes to that. Any other final thoughts on on that before we get into college world series talk, Joe. No, I think, I think we covered it really well. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what decision they come to. And, uh, and really no matter what it's going to be, it's going to be awesome to have Oklahoma and Texas in the sec and get to play you guys again on a regular basis. Yeah. It's going to make for a lot of fun. We're going to talk college world series, but first I want to talk to you about bet online. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, which is likely finishing up tonight as we're talking. The NHL Stanley Cup Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news from the MMA worlds, including UFC and boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Speaking of bet online, the Oklahoma Sooners come in as plus 700 uh, on the betonline.net odds to win the College World Series. Joey, where's where's Texas A&M on that? I want to say they're uh, plus 850 or something like that. Um, I know they were, if I remember You're right, also they were plus 700. Oh, okay. There yeah. must have been a different different books booking site that's not as yeah. good as as bet online that um <laughs> that that had them at plus 850. Because yeah, it was. Uh, I was surprised to, just to uh, 
just to be frank, you know, to come in as the the five seed in the national rankings coming into the tournament and then be get to the College World Series where, you know, the Death Star got blown up in Super Regionals and Tennessee's gone and come into Super Regionals with the one seed and the four seed eliminated out of Super Regionals coming to Omaha. And I'm expecting, you know, A&M to be considered one of the favorites. And I look at it and they're way down on the uh, on the, the, the odds list. It was a uh, a surprising thought for me, for sure. I think what it what it says to me uh, with a lot of this is it's kind of a toss up. Yeah. Like this is a college world series where there's, I mean, yes, there's favorites as far as the odds are concerned, but really it's anybody's world series to win. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, I, and, and I think Oklahoma kind of sits in that same boat. You know, they're a team that won five straight series to finish the season. They won the big 12 tournament to capture that title, went to Gainesville, took the Florida region or the Gainesville regional beaten Florida twice, went to Blacksburg, took the Virginia tech regional there. Uh, and it's a team that's continued to play hot. They've, they've relied on, on strong pitching from uh, Cade Horton and Jake Bennett. They've gotten timely hitting. When you look at Texas A&M Joey and what can Oklahoma Sooners fans, you know, get ready for what, what are some of the strengths of this team as they head into the college world series? So it's funny to listen to you describe the Oklahoma team because the story is almost identical for AM. and um, They won, I want to say, six consecutive SEC series to finish out the year, um, including their first SEC sweep since 2019, I believe. Um, made a deep run in the SEC tournament, made it to the semifinals, got eliminated there by Florida, actually, um, and then turned around, swept the uh, College Station Regional, then turned around and swept Louisville in the Super Regionals, and now here we are in uh, in the college world series and pretty similar to you. They've gotten stellar pitching. It, the pitching situation has been kind of interesting because they've had two starters who have been sec pitcher of the week, at least once. Um, but they sort of, they sort of wove in and out of one another. When one of them, Micah Dallas, who's actually a Texas tech transfer. So he's pitched in Omaha before uh, Micah Dallas started off the year, extremely hot pitched really well in the middle part of the season, Nathan Detmer, picked up and he started pitching really well and Micah Dallas sort of sort of tailed off a little bit and then as we've gotten into the postseason it's been Micah Dallas time again and so he's really picked up the ball and sort of run with it over the course of the uh, the postseason uh, but if they get those two guys cooking at the same time through Omaha they're going to be really tough to beat in a double elimination style tournament um, the uh, the one Achilles Hill I will say um, they have a tendency to make errors in the field and they've given up a lot of unearned run. They've committed something like 75 errors on the season and allowed something like 46 unearned runs. And so they've had a ton of comfort behind victories over the course of the last couple months. And that has – a lot of those have come because they've given up one or two unearned, unearned runs in the first three or four innings of the game and had to rebound back from that. And uh, they've had guys like Dylan Rock and uh, – and Ryan Targotch and Austin Boast are really sort of the three big bats in the middle of the lineup that do a lot of the damage, but uh, they managed to spread the offense out pretty well. And, uh, and, and they've done just enough to, I mean, just enough to sweep the regionals and the super regionals that, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to say done just enough in that sort of scenario, but they've, they've done enough to get there to get to Omaha. And it's really exciting to see uh, what they're going to do once they get there for sure. Yeah. And I think, Oklahoma's kind of in, been in a similar situation at times where, you know, they've had certain pitchers get hot and now they're, they're in a situation where they've got two that are pitching pretty well in Jake Bennett and Cade Horton. 
And but really, it's been their offense. Uh, Eddie Radosovich, I've mentioned it on the show before. Uh, he he had a tweet. It was something like Oklahoma since you know like two months ago. They've been averaging nine runs a game. Yeah. Uh, their offense has, and that and that's I mean that's stellar. That's going to win you a lot of baseball mm-hmm. games, even when your pitching is not great. The one game they dropped uh, to Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. The, the offense kind of came on strong late, but the, the pitching to start the game wasn't, wasn't great, and the bullpen really didn't help out much either. But in the two wins, they got great starts. They got great bullpen work. And it's you know Trevin Michael in the later innings, that's the guy that you're going to be looking out for. He's the one that kind of comes in and closes the door on, on opponents. Uh, but on the offensive side, on, at the plate, it's Peyton Graham, Tanner Treadway, Kendall Pettis, Blake Robertson, they've been doing all the work for the – or not all the work, but a lot of the work for the Oklahoma Sooners, the heavy lifting. Um, and it's an offense that, that can get hot uh, throughout the lineup. They've got their big bats, but they've got guys that can contribute up and down the lineup as well. Kendall Pettis out of the nine hole really setting the table for the top of the lineup later in the game. So, you know, as you go into this, we talked about this is kind of anybody's, you know, anybody's tournament, anybody's World Series. Joey, what's Texas A&M got to do in order to come out on top in Omaha? I think it comes down to, and this is the case for anybody in this sort of tournament setup, from my perspective at least, it comes down to what does the depth do on the pitching staff? Because, you know, like you mentioned, you guys, Oklahoma has two starting pitchers who are pitching really well. They've got a, one or two arms in the bullpen who've been incredible. Um, and A&M's got a, a similar situation. They've got a guy, Jacob Palish. And to show the kind of faith that A&M manager Jim Slosnagel has, in game two of the Super Regional – it's the bottom of the ninth with nobody out and a runner on first, and AM is up by one. And he's got a freshman on the mound pitching against Louisville's best batter. He gets him to a 3-2 count, and the guy fouls off like three or four pitches in a row. And he pulls the pitcher at a full count to put oh, wow. Jacob Palish in the game at 3-2, changes the angle, changes the timing for the batter, next pitch, strike three, Strikes the guy, strikes their best hitter out, gets the next two outs, AM wins the game. Like that's the level of trust that he has in this guy that he knows the first pitch he comes in, he doesn't need to, you know, pipe one down the middle of the plate for strike one. He can come in and throw a really high quality pitch immediately out the gate and be and be ready to go. So it, really it comes down to these guys are gonna play so many games in, in a couple of week period here that that fourth guy out of the bullpen that you know, only throws in the Tuesday non-conference games that don't really matter during the regular season, right? That fourth guy in the bullpen, can he come in and get three outs in a situation where you need him to? Um, Or can he come in and get you out of an inning when there's two guys on base? Um, That's really what it comes down to for A&M. I hope they have that depth in the bullpen. We will see. Um, I don't think the depth of the bullpen has been super tested uh, this year. They haven't haven't had a ton of at-bats. Like I said, a lot of those Tuesday non-conference games – have have been where they've gotten their exposure but these are going to be high leverage really important situations high stress situations that it's going to reduce the amount of innings that these that their premier pitchers can pitch uh, because of the stress on them so how do they handle that in the depth of bullpen yeah and i think for oklahoma a lot of it comes down to to some of the similar things you know they've got two guys out of the bullpen and trevin michael and Chaz martinez that have been pretty good but what's the rest of the group do Uh, offensively they're going to hit they're a good hitting team. Texas A&M is as, as, is as well. And then really what it comes down to in college baseball is limiting mistakes. You talked about the errors, the unearned runs, 
if you can limit walks, limit errors, you're going to have a great chance at winning. Yep, and man, it's going to be a lot of fun. I know this is a great time of the year for, for baseball fans, just for college sports fans in general. You know, the, the NCAA tournament is great in March, but the college world series just brings a whole nother energy. And these, these guys, man, they, they put it all out on the line and they bring the energy nonstop from first pitch to the final out. It's going to be a lot of fun, Joey. Absolutely. Definitely is. Yep. Hey, and we've got a little special treat. Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC, sat down with three of our Locked On partners here on the network and discussed the College World Series. And we're going to have that tagged on to the episode here as well. I also want to talk to you about Rock Auto, who is sponsoring today's episode of Locked On Sooners and Locked On Aggies. Save time and money when choosing Rock Auto. It is a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com and save? They've got everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go check out their easy-to-use website. Explore all the solutions for your auto, auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Joey, let people know where they can find you on Twitter. Absolutely. You can follow me at Joey Ikes on Twitter. That's at Joey Ikes, and the I-C-K-E-S uh, is the last name. So uh, lots of Aggies, some Cowboys still thrown in there as well. Yeah, sorry uh, I put the one in there. I don't know where that came from. I, no, it's I all right. You know, I'm sure there was one there at, at some point. We've changed it a few times over the course of the year. So, But, yeah, so it's just at Joey Ikes right now. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're really excited to see what happens in Omaha and, uh, and get ready for this 2022 football season as well. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Locked On. Is it? Are you on Twitter yet? Is lo- yeah, so there is a there is a Locked On Aggies uh, Twitter handle. I don't have control of it yet, but we're working on that process right now. So we'll get there. We'll get there. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Make sure you follow Locked On Sooners on Twitter at Locked On Sooners, and you can follow me at John Nine Williams. Subscribe to the show on YouTube as well. For Joey, I'm John. Hey, it's going to be a lot of fun here in the next couple of years, Joey. We're going to have to do this a lot more coming up. Absolutely. All right, y'all have a great night. Enjoy the College World Series, and we'll talk to you next time. Rolling along here as we get you guys set for a full weekend in Omaha, full week in Omaha. A lot of people are hoping as their teams get ready to vie for the College World Series. Just getting here is fantastic. Eight teams, half the field SEC teams, and really if we want to go the extra mile, Six of the eight teams from the SEC, as Texas and Oklahoma will be joining very soon. And joining us now to preview the College World Series, going around the horn, we welcome in first uh, Stephen Willis from the SEC, covering the Ole Miss Rebels, locked on, uh, of course, covering the uh, Ole Miss Rebels. Stephen, how are you, man? I'm doing quite well. I'm kind of pumped up. We have a live show, by the way, on post game of Auburn and Ole Miss, to where everybody can take part in. It's going to be fun. It's going to be our first run at that. We also welcome in Jonathan Davis, who is a host of uh, Locked On uh, Longhorns, covering the Texas Longhorns. Jonathan, welcome in, man. Uh, thank you, brother. Yes, uh, like you said, current Big 12 team, but future SEC team. And it looks like the SEC is dominating the College World Series this year. And we just have to throw it out there and bring in the full complement of our new nem- our new neighbors, Josh Helmers, uh, who hosts uh, Locked On Sooners, covering the Oklahoma Sooners. Josh, what's up, man? If Norman is any indication then yes Oklahoma is officially ready to accept its formal bid as an SEC member as soon as I don't know last summer 
for Sooner fans. So, yes, for all intents and purposes, there's six, not one, not two, not three, six SEC schools in the College World Series. Amazing. Well, for the purpose of this, I'll rely on Steven and myself. We'll represent Arkansas and Auburn and Texas A&M from that perspective. But I do want to start here, guys. We'll go around the horn, and let's start with you, Steven. Give me a real quick uh, synopsis on what you think about this Ole Miss team and how exciting it is where it felt like maybe a month ago that Mike Bianco was dead man walking, and here he is in Omaha. Yeah, it's pretty cool to think about because at the beginning of the season, I think – after the third series in the SEC play, Ole Miss's ERA was around nine. Now this is a pitching team. They had two shutouts in the Super Regional, um, the highest, the lowest ERA going into the games. And it's just – that has just completely spurred their turnaround. And honestly, because they were at one time seven and 14 in the SEC, this makes all of this excitement um, even more than even before. It, it's pretty cool. Uh, Jonathan, let's go to you with uh, Texas baseball. I know David Pierce, um, you know, it, it's been an interesting ride. I saw this team in person this year and no denying how uh, strong of a factor the Hispanic Titanic is crushing home run after home run. But give me a quick thought on this Texas team. Yeah, so I actually saw them play twice this year and they lost both games, so I can't go to any more games. But um, when you look at it, you talked about it. It starts with the Hispanic Titanic and what he was able to do in a record-breaking season. This Texas team uh, hit more home runs than they ever have um, than any other Texas team in history. And we know that this Texas team, when we talk about college baseball, has a lot of history. Um, and so now they're, the, you know, because of what happened to Tennessee, they're the betting favorite. And I, I think they're really interesting going into the College World Series. I really like the resolve that they showed in the ECU series. They lost the first game and they were down a lot. In the second game, we were able to pull that out and then beat them in the deciding third game. And now I think coming into the College World Series, obviously there's a lot of hype behind them. They are, uh, you know, the betting favorites, the favorites to win. And I think it remains to be seen, you know, what they're going to be able to do. You know, baseball is that sport where anything can happen. And on any given day, you know, your best player can be who you didn't expect it to be. And so um, we've seen, you know, a little bit of shakiness from the bullpen at times. And the offense has faltered. Um, it's been inconsistent. You know, some days it looks like the best in college baseball. And some days it has you, um, you know, desiring for more. So um, we'll see what they're able to do in the College World Series. But I think rightfully so. They're the, the betting favorite. And then I think if they can put everything together, they should be. Um, hoisting the trophy at the end. Josh Helmer, Skip Johnson has done a, a pretty good job since he's been there at Oklahoma. Give me a quick thought on this Sooners team. Well, as good of a job as Skip Johnson has done, I think there were some that even, even as recent as a couple of months ago before Oklahoma won its final five regular season, Big 12 series, and then obviously the, the Big 12 tournament championship, and we know what they did in both Gainesville and Blacksburg. If Oklahoma hadn't made this NCAA tournament, I think there's some that, if not immediately, would have wondered, hey, what does that mean for Skip Johnson at Oklahoma? It's kind of crazy. Around here in Norman, a lot of people felt like the – and a, you know, not that this is Oklahoma-specific, but just thinking about Sooner baseball, kind of the lack of success. You know, this is the first trip to Omaha for OU, dating all the way back to 2010 – the 2020 team, a lot of fans in Norman felt like that was a team with the starting rotation that was maybe positioned to get to Omaha. And again, not to pull a rock chalk Jayhawk card. We're still playing for what happened the COVID year two years ago. 
But I do think this is a little bit of redemption in some senses for Oklahoma and particularly for Skip Johnson in that regard. That season got taken away from him. He needed something positive to happen. And obviously, this OU team's caught absolute fire. We'll stick with you here, Josh. A quick primer on the opening game against Texas A&M. I think it's very interesting that, uh, you know, Jim Schlossnagel, who's been at TCU for God knows forever, uh, a familiarity with an Oklahoma team going up against them, albeit he's in a new place, new digs at Texas A&M, but a lot of familiarity there between Jim Schlossnagel and Oklahoma. What can we expect in this first game? Well, I think just from the Oklahoma perspective, and this would be true of anybody in Omaha trying to win the College World Series, what's the – First thing you're going to look at is you want great starting pitching, right? So Oklahoma needs that from Jake Bennett. They feel like they found that in their number three guy in Cade Horton, and they really like what they have in David Sandlin in their number two. The surprising thing for Oklahoma is just kind of the power surge that they have found throughout this postseason push. Peyton Graham has established himself as a star. Tanner Treadaway was unbelievable in what was the rubber match win over Virginia Tech. He hit four for five and was part of that good start for OU with Peyton Graham homering early in that game. The familiarity, yeah, it's it's interesting seeing a familiar face on this stage in Texas A&M, and we joke about the SEC thing, but, you know, for OU, it's not just the familiarity with the coach there. It's the familiarity with Texas A&M dating back to A&M being in the Big 12. Jonathan, you guys play the uh, nightcap on Friday. Uh, you get Notre Dame, who, man, just took care of business against Tennessee. They were not intimidated playing over there at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. What do you make of the matchup with Texas and Notre Dame? Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, really interesting. I think the key for Texas is you're going to need quality starts from Pete Hansen and Tristan Stevens. I think when we've seen at times this year what kind of have been Texas's downfall is that bullpen, right? And, and we saw even in that ECU series, they had to use, you know, Pete Hansen and Tristan Stevens and get into those bullpens early. And I think that really hurt them. Um, so I think in this matchup, you're going to need, you know, Pete Hansen, I believe he's going to be the starter to come out and give you a quality start, you know, six innings or maybe even more than that and less than three earned runs, not have to rely on the bullpen too early or too much. And then allow that offense to go out there and, and put up runs and hopefully put up enough to win and take their first game against Notre Dame. But I think the key is going to be, you know, Tristan Stevens and Pete Hansen being able to consistently deliver you quality starts throughout the rest of this College World Series, not have to rely on that bullpen too much and not stretch them out because we've seen at times when Texas has to go to that bullpen early, that's their downfall. Uh, the early game on Saturday, it'll be Stanford against Arkansas. And I'll just say this, I watched a little bit of Stanford against UConn. A man, they could score some runs uh, that offense is electric. Arkansas, they've got the edge in pitching, I, I would say, a little bit. I love what Connor Nolan has done so far this postseason. So Arkansas, I'm riding with them. I'm picking them to beat Stanford. And so that's the early game. But the night game on Saturday, a fun one, a rematch of a series we already saw this year in the SEC, Auburn against Ole Miss. Steven, what do the Rebs need to do to take down the Auburn Tigers? They need to, uh, first of all, they need to continue pitching the way they have been over the last five games, the regional and the super regional. The second thing is they don't need to pitch to Sonny Deshare at all. They just need to put him on base, Barry Bonds rule, um, do that for the whole game. If that happens, um, I think Auburn's offense might be stifled a little bit. Um, but this could be a game that's like three to two as the final um, and really good, two really evenly matched team. Butch Thompson, I think, is from Aberdeen, Mississippi. So this is going to meet a bunch to him as well. 
Now, also, Tim Elko and Jacob Gonzalez and guys like that, if they can channel what they did in the Super Regional was not play three-run home run ball, but actually just play gap to gap, um, they'll be in good shape in um, Charles Schwab Field or whatever it's called now um, because that park is so big. But if it, they try to just play three-run homer ball and gorilla ball and LSU 1999, Ole Miss could be in a little bit of trouble, but I don't think they will. TD, Ameritrade, Charles Schwab, whatever the sponsor is, it's a big ballpark. And uh, early years, we did not see home run balls. That wind was blowing in, and we did not see a lot of home runs. And then last year, we saw 26 home runs there. So the numbers have picked up. It, it seems like maybe it might be a more hitter-friendly park. Last thing, guys, go around the horn. I'll ask you to put your analyst hat on. You can be a homer if you want, or you can go analyst route, whatever it is. But give me your objective opinion, Josh Helmer, who is winning the College World Series this year. Well, it, it pains me to say, but I, I do think the Texas Longhorns have a great chance to, to win this national championship. I like Oklahoma and Texas to meet up in that uh, winner's bracket game. We'll see how it plays out from there. Sandlin, Oklahoma's number two starter, has been largely good. But again, uh, he, he was tagged for a couple of runs, I think five versus Virginia Tech in that second game of their super regional. So if that happens, I don't know if Oklahoma has the pitching depth time. I'd love to see, I think maybe a little bit ahead of schedule for them in that regard to win a national championship, either Texas or Stanford to me, the two favorites. He is Josh Helmer locked on Sooners. How about uh, Jonathan Davis locked on Longhorns who you got winning it all? I'm going chalk, baby. I'm going with Texas. Uh, you know, I, I think that the offense is there. Um, this is a team that can explode at any time. And, and I think they have the confidence now. I, I think this is a team that in the ECU series, they might have, you know, once they were able to get past that, I think they said, OK, now, you know, we're the favorite. It's time to handle business. I think they have that confidence. And, and like I said, I think if Pete Hansen and Tristan Stevens can be the pitchers that we saw at the beginning of the season when they're just lights out in every start, then I think that the bullpen will be able to come in in their traditional roles. I think the offense is going to roll, and I think Texas does enough to win the College World Series this year. But it's going to be tough. You know, they have to get through either A&M or Oklahoma, their two biggest rivals, to get there and win it. And anything can happen in those series. And we know, like I said earlier, in the game of baseball, anything can happen, right? You know, any one of these eight teams has a chance to win it. And so um, I, I, that's what makes the game interesting, and that's what makes it so fun. But I'm going to go chalk, and I'm going to go Texas and say they get it done. They have the pedigree. They have the players. They have the history, and, and they're going to be hoisting another trophy this year. A lot of people do think it is an open field. Stephen Willis locked on Ole Miss. Who wins it all? Well, I think the hottest team in baseball right now is Ole Miss. They're, they won their last three games by a combined score of 37-6 to six in the Super Regional and the Regional. Um, but I, I do like Texas – to advance, they're probably the favorite overall. And just think about this real quick. Texas has to go through Oklahoma, Texas A&M, like he said. And if everything goes right on the other side, potentially Arkansas as well. So every rival that Texas has, <laughs> man, that that would be – because nobody likes beating Texas like a, um Arkansas Razorback. I've noticed that over the last few years. I mean, they're really weird about that. Yeah, don't lose Texas because you will hear it from whoever you lose to. You know, the the talk the talking is coming. I'll pick the Arkansas Razorbacks. I like the revenge tour for Dave Van Horn. Dave Van Horn. Last year's team was more talented than this year's team, but I feel like they learned from their mistakes, losing how they did last year in the Super Region. I think they bounce back and Arkansas wins it this year. Guys, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Best of luck to all your teams and have a great weekend, everybody.
Thank you very much.